Every mistake is an opportunity to learn. Even those whack exes and lame situationships you endured. This podcast helps single black millennials date smarter by sharing stories of what not to do in dating. Join me, Randy, as I talk with black millennials about the dating lessons they've learned and the mistakes they never want to make again. This is Situationships Podcast, and I'm your host, Randy. Hey, y'all. This is Randy. On this week's episode, I talk with Kara, a single 30-year-old woman who told me about her experience in a 10-year on-again, off-again situationship. After meeting in college and experiencing a feeling of freedom and comfort she had never felt before, completely untangling her life from that situation grew to become difficult. Over the 10 years, Kara entered into several other relationships and even got engaged. She shares how her experience in the situationship played a role in her ultimately ending her engagement. Kara's self-awareness and transparency makes this a really good episode. If you have a friend who could use some dating advice, please share this episode with them. Get Situationships podcast merch and early access to podcast episodes by becoming a Situationships podcast Patreon at patreon.com backslash situationshipspod. And lastly, let's connect on social media. You can find me at situationshipspod on Instagram and Facebook and at situationspod on Twitter. All right. I hope you enjoy the episode. So excited to talk to you today. Um, Because your situation um, and like the lesson that you learned, I think is like really intriguing to me. I think because of the longevity of it and because of the like, I don't know, the specific like takeaway that you got. And so I wanted to start off. um, You had mentioned in your pre-interview that you were in an off again, on again, 10 year situationship. And it had like, it, it heavily influenced your dating life. Mm-hmm. And so I was hoping you would just be able to tell me a little bit about that on again, off again relationship. Yeah. So um, I met him in college. Um, we, I don't even, I wouldn't even say dated, but that's kind of the only way I can describe it. We, I guess, dated each other for maybe a total of five months before we were no longer exclusive. (laughs) So for the entire 10 year period, we were not in an actual relationship. I can't think of a time where I was ever his girlfriend. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. So one time when we were like two years in, he said, oh, I guess you could say during that period back then you were my girlfriend. And I was like, well, if that was the case, you were actively cheating on me. (laughs) So I would just leave it at we were never together. Let's just do that. Um, So that was kind of always our understanding that we were just kind of like floating through life separately, but together. Um. And I mean, we had actual relationships during our off period. So I knew that he was capable of committing Mm. uh, because he had girlfriends when we were not dealing with each other. And I mean, same for me. I had boyfriends and even a fiance. (laughs) So commitment was not 
either of our issue. It was committing to each other that just never seemed to happen. Um, so, yeah, but he I mean, he was definitely in my head. Um, so every like boyfriend that I actually had when we were off and when we were off, we were off like it was never there was never him infiltrating any relationship. I wouldn't speak to him when I had someone like. I wouldn't call him, answer his tech, like none of that was happening. But he was definitely an integral part of every relationship I was ever in. If I whether it was like me comparing other people to him mm-hmm. or me um just wondering like what he was doing in his relationships, it was always something about him that impacted how I moved through either my singleness without him or my relationships with other people. So what was it that like kept drawing you back into each other? Cause like 10 years is a long time. Yeah. Um, I've, I always tried to figure that out and we always, like I would ask him and he would say, you know, I don't know what it is about you. And I would always say, I don't know what it is about you, but I think at some point I came to realize that, um, there was a safety with him that I felt mm-hmm. and, um, I never felt like I couldn't be myself with him. Um, And also there wasn't really any risk in it because we, I don't know if we had decided that we weren't going to be together because I always kind of was hinting that I wanted to be with him. And he was very clear, like, this is not, we are not going to be together. Um, And I don't know um, if that was fear on his part, what it was on his part Um, on my part. I did want to be with him, but I knew it wasn't really a possibility. So there was none of that. You know, when you first start dating someone and you kind of like hide parts of yourself mm-hmm. uh, because you want them to see like your best self. I never did that with him because the possibility that anything was going to come of it was never there. Oh, so you, it was like, you know, you're not going to be my man. So I could just be myself. <laughs> I was just free. Yeah. I was- free with him and then that would impact my relationships too because when I would get into a relationship that freedom wasn't there yeah um so it was like that would be very scary for me um and I think that that really ended up being the ultimate reason I didn't go through with my engagement is just I was I never felt like I was myself with him I felt like we were together for three years and he didn't know me Oh, yeah, that's real. Um, So, I mean, the last year we were breaking up for an entire year. (laughs) um, I had called off the engagement and then we were living together. So, like trying to decide if I was going to move out or like find another place because it was New York and the rents. Oh, yeah, girl. (laughs) I've heard about New York living situations. Y'all will stay together to have a place to live together to not be homeless. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So we we actually spent a year separating our lives. Um, And he he kept asking me, like, what is it? And and really, I was genuinely just afraid. I I couldn't I couldn't pull the trigger. I don't I wish I could give him an answer. You know, to this day, I still don't know what the actual problem was. Um, But I do remember how I felt in the situation. I never felt like I was 100 percent myself and I felt confined 
And those were two things I did not want to feel for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, That's so interesting. That makes me think of two things. One, I interviewed someone um, a couple of weeks ago and she had an engagement that she ended. um, And she mentioned too that feeling of like, it just not feeling right. And like, she couldn't necessarily put her finger on it. And I think she did eventually come to like some kind of a conclusion about what it was. But like, I remember her talking about like, just not being able to sleep and not knowing what it was that was not right. Um, And then the other thing that makes me think about is somebody else that I talked to actually for the podcast, who um, she talked about like, when you experience something with someone And even though you know that's not going to work out with someone, with that person, like still having whatever was that was special about that being like a requirement moving forward. So like that freedom that you had with him is like that sounds like it's a kind of a requirement for you now in whatever relationship you are going to be in. Definitely. Definitely. Um, And I like I said, I didn't have that there, but I. I wish I knew like what it was that because what scares me about future relationships Mm -hmm. is that I think that freedom came from the fact that we were not in a relationship. Yeah. So it it worries me that I'm going to be expecting something that might not naturally come from a monogamous relationship. I don't know that that's, I mean, I know like my mom is 100% herself. She's free. (laughs) Like she, (laughs) He lives her life. And my dad is so accepting of that. Like they, they have, they have it. I don't know if it is, but they have it. Um, And so I know that it's possible, but I've just never experienced it. Um, So. And that's real. Like, I think so. It's so funny. Like as you're talking, I'm like flashing back to um, the situationship that I'm trying to tease myself away from that I recently got retangled into um and it it's like that same say it again I said it gets you it does and it's like it's exactly what you said like whenever we're together I feel so much like myself and I have so much fun and I feel like all of the things that are weird and silly and goofy about me are the things that like he actually enjoys Mm -hmm. and it's like that freedom that is like addicting a little bit yes Yes, that's the word (laughs) Even though, to your point, I know we're not going to be together and like he can't give me what I want, but I still want to feel that feeling. That's hard. Right. Right. I was watching a movie on Netflix the other day and he said he the guy in the movie was talking about this girl he had broken up with. And he was like, I don't want to be with her. That was exhausting. Mm. But I want to feel how I felt. Hmm. Was like that's that's it. Like I want I want the feeling that he get like the happy feeling. Yeah. But I don't want to be tied up in that mess with you. Like that. It's not. First of all, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. And I would like to go. <laughs> so. So I, what was what was the mess? Well, oh. Um. <laughs> so I initially the first five months in my mind we were together mm-hmm. <laughs> because there was never a conversation I mean we were 20 years old like it, yeah, there was yeah, no conversation yeah. there was I no did that at 28 so don't even like 
Okay, I just want to make make yeah. it clear. <laughs> like, there was never a conversation like we're together, <laughs> but in my mind, we were together. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if we weren't, what he did <laughs> was so foul that like there should have been some red flags from there. Yeah. Um. So he had. He started talking to somebody else. Cool, we're not together. I didn't know about it. But then they started, they were together. (laughs) Oh. That was his girlfriend. Oh. And I did not know about it. I didn't find out until he left the country. (laughs) And I found out because of some technology. I didn't look through his stuff. To be clear, but I was gonna say let's disclaimer. No, disclaimer. <laughs> he has signed into his email on my phone. Oh, and she emailed him, and it came into my phone, so I thought it was my. E- and I opened it, and like from there. So oh, mind shit. you, this the first five months, like that should have been like to this day. I'm like that should have been the end. Yeah, that that should have done it. Like, girl. Wake up, red flag. But you're 20. Like, you don't know no better. It's, yeah. I'm going to leave him alone. I'm going to let him come to his senses. And I did, like, I didn't talk to him. Like, there was a huge blowout. And then, like, I didn't speak to him. But, like I said, we floated in and out of each other's lives for several years. Um, And multiple situations like that would happen where he would, like, pop up with a girlfriend or, like, pop up dating somebody else and I had no clue and then when I would try to like I just wanted to know like if you're dating somebody else that's fine but like if you have a girlfriend that makes me something I don't want to be yeah and he was I he just had a different way of viewing things um and so that was the mess. But honestly, I take a lot of responsibility. It took me a long time to come to the conclusions that I have come to about that situation. Mm-hmm. A lot of the signs, I saw them. I saw them and I blew past them. Yep. Um, a lot of times he would tell me directly. It wasn't even signs. Like he would say. Yeah. Directly. And I didn't want to hear it for whatever reason. And I would just continue on pushing through. So a lot of the things that happened in that were my own doing or my own not listening to him, not yeah. listening to intuition, just running with the feeling of whatever the feeling was. Whatever felt good. It felt good. <laughs> it felt good at the moment. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like an addict. Like you said, like, yep. you know that this is not good for you. Yeah. But you're chasing that feeling, you're chasing that high. And that, I mean, at the end of the day, it was my responsibility to get myself out. <laughs> and I did not. So. And it's funny, the like the red flags thing, like that rings so familiar. Because I think a lot of women um, like to ignore red flags. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times I think men can be really upfront and like even like you said use their words and tell you at their mouth that (laughs) like whatever it is that you don't want to hear but you're like oh well maybe that'll change you just make excuses because you want this thing um and I 
it's it, and I, again I'm always like reflecting on myself whenever I'm talking to, to people like I think to this that guy that I was just mentioning like one of the things that makes it difficult for us to be together I knew it was an issue before we even met like we met on a dating app he canceled plans like two or three times before we even met in person and I was like um you know what this seems super flaky to me let me know when you actually have time and he was like all right cool and just like faded to black and then I was like oh wait no but I was having fun like talking to you (laughs) (laughs) like no I didn't mean it and I came back around like a month later I was like well let's let's try this again and then we met up and then it just like took it to a whole new level once I like the chemistry that we had on the phone and through text was just like amplified in person but throughout this oh I'm embarrassed to say now like year and a half of us like on again off again messing around in each other's face is that issue has been consistent and persistent and has not changed and I knew that from day one and I just chose to ignore it Mm -hmm. yep I mean I saw him he was like six flags he had all the flags (laughs) (laughs) don't say six flags I was like nope we're gonna we're gonna treat this like a golf course and see if I can collect all like <laughs> that's hilarious. I saw, them. I saw them. I don't know. I I made so many excuses. You said like the making excuses. My first excuse was, "Oh, he's twenty. Yep. We're we're thirty now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And and similar things are happening. Yeah. Um, so it can't be that we're young. It can't be that he'll change. It can't be like all the excuses are dried up yeah. and one one day they'll just dry up yeah like, so do you guys still communicate <laughs> so um well he has a girlfriend right now of course <laughs> so <laughs> so that makes it very easy for me because okay. once he, and i mean that's always been the pattern right so once he gets a girlfriend i'm out like i'm a, i don't follow him on all social media because first of all i don't want to see that right um, and also that's how I found out because <laughs> so last year I called myself I said look December 2nd is going to make it 10 years that we've been doing this oh wow so in my mind I said I didn't say this to him I was like I'm not going to give him the opportunity I don't want it to be like an ultimatum I don't want any of that but if by December 2nd 2019 he doesn't have his ish together. I'm out yeah. for real. Yeah. Time I it, I am out. And I talked to him on November 28th. Oh wow. And it was a very like tight-lipped conversation. And he wasn't like giving me the vibes that I was used to. Mm. And I think he had probably already met her at that point. I don't know. But I had decided like after that conversation, I was like, you know what? It's very close to the 2nd of December (laughs) and there's no need for us to, for me to try to fix what just happened in that conversation. Yeah. We got four Um, days, like three days, five days, whatever. Like (laughs) just call it. You had to fix it. We're going to call it right here. Time of death, November 28th, (laughs) 2019. (laughs) Um, And then I went, I, this is when I met you. I went to Ghana. I was like, I'm going to live my best life. We're going to push forward. Um, and then three days after Valentine's Day, he posted her picture on oh, Instagram. <laughs> and I really had to think to myself, like, did you really get out of that? And that's what concerns me. Because 
I think if I had had the time to really um, deal with my own decision of not going back, yeah, it would have really been final. I really believe that. But because the girlfriend came into the picture, mm. I am not sure if he if that doesn't work out and he contacts me a year from now, I don't know where I'm going to be because I feel like the decision was wasn't mine. Even though I made the decision in November, it feels like it wasn't really mine. No, I, I totally know. understand. Yeah. So I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that this was the last one. It's so funny too, like with this guy, um, back in October, he had been like playing in my face, essentially like made plans cancel. And I was like, you're playing. Mm -hmm. And just to what you said, I was like, I know I'm not in a position to not answer his call or text if Mm -hmm. he reaches out. So I made the choice to block him. Yep. Um, just to make it easy for me. Yeah. Um, cause like, like you said, like you can make it up in your mind, but your heart be doing its own thing. And, and then it convinces your mind to do what the heart wants to do instead of what the brain wants to do. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, let me just block him. And I had him blocked for like a good five months. And like, I was like, you know what? I'm over it. I think I could like unblock him and like maybe we could be friends. <laughs> and do you know that I unblocked him and a week later he texted me and yep. here we are. <laughs> Back at it. Back at it. But um so okay, one of the things that you said in your uh pre-interview was um, you are working on taking responsibility for your role in your current singleness. And I'm curious, what does that mean for you? Mm-hmm. So um, it's kind of twofold. So the first part of it is that um, I never really felt like I had a role. <laughs> so um, growing up, like my my parents, my grandparents, they're like excellent examples. Um, they have, you know, really strong marriages. And I just always thought like, that's what I want. Like, yeah. I want that. I want that. Um, but they've also, you know, when you're telling your story, you kind of romanticize it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. So all my life, I thought it just happened. <laughs> like, mm-hmm met a guy and the guy was great and you were great and you guys are great together and like there was limited work involved because you were made for each other right like I just thought things kind of happened and so um with that particular uh situation and with other relationships I just kind of let things happen or so I thought or so I thought that I was just letting things happen um, and that things were happening to me and that I had nothing to do with it. And, you know, once I decided in November, I know it was a very short time ago, but I felt like I made a decision. I felt like I took responsibility and part of it was taking responsibility for how I behaved in that situation and taking responsibility for how I treated other people. Um, because, uh, my fiance was a great, great guy. Like he was great. Yeah. And, yeah. um, 
I don't think I was ready. I know for a fact I was not ready for that relationship. When I got into it from the beginning, I was not prepared. And so it wasn't a lack of resources. It wasn't like there's no guys out here. It wasn't a lack of good guys. It wasn't that guys weren't interested in me. It was things that I was doing (laughs) that I was because I was afraid or because I was selfish or whatever the reason was that I guess caused my singleness. Um, So I had to take responsibility for it. But also because I want to be in a relationship. Some people don't want to be in a relationship and they're single because they want to be. But I'm single because I made choices. And the other part of it is taking responsibility for how I behave in my singleness. So my singleness is mine. I I never realized that. Like, I always felt like it kind of was a curse. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. And now that I look at it as like, it's a gift. It's probably once I get married, like this will be the only time that I, I was mine. Yeah. And so I have a responsibility for how I live out this period of my life. Uh, I can make it a happy period. It doesn't have to be just because there's something that I want that I don't have right now. I don't have to be miserable in this time. Um, so my role in my singleness is like the reason that I'm here, but also my role in my singleness is how I accept it or how I mold my singleness to be. Um, so I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out, <laughs> but at this point, um, well, right before Corona, <laughs> right. it was getting great. Like I was having a good time. I was going out with my friends. I was traveling like, and I was really enjoying being single. And then Rona hit in the house. Right. So, (laughs) um, but I do think like, I'm going to genuinely start appreciating this time in my life. I mean, I do now, but like, I'm just in the house (laughs) appreciating it from my couch. Yeah. Can I say how much I love all of that? Like so very, very much. I think, first of all, I've never heard like that first half um, before as far Mm -hmm. as like taking responsibility for how you behaved in situations that lead Mm -hmm. you to be single. Because I think like you just said, it's like I remember being like, 23 and be like I'm a freak of nature because I'm single and I've never had a serious relationship (laughs) and feeling like it was something wrong with me Mm -hmm. um but not and people you know people ask like why are you single why are you single you're amazing like but like and I would come up with these like these answers that'd be like well I travel a lot and and Mm -hmm. and that's the thing like that's also a choice right like it's a choice not to be in one place long enough to be able to cultivate long-term relationships. And that's a choice I made for my life, but it also means like cultivating relationships might be a little challenging. Um, But that's, that's really, I feel like that's very thoughtful. Um, And another thing that um, you said that I think is really interesting because like a lot of my friends, like, Um, This is dark, but, like, I say that my friends are in the dad-dad club. Like, a lot of my friends either, like, didn't have fathers growing up or didn't have examples of healthy marriage or marriage at all. 
-hmm. But like to hear you say that you had, I think, multiple examples of what a good marriage should look like or quote unquote Mm -hmm. should look like and you still like struggled. That's really interesting because it's not it's not, you know, that example thing, because that's what I've like hung my hat on for a really long time Mm -hmm. Um, is like not knowing what to do. Um, but yeah, and so, I'm going to say one other thing. One other thing that really stuck out to me is like the letting things happen to me part. Cause that's, I, that's one thing I've been hearing consistently mm-hmm. when talking with women is like women are like, I'm just going with the flow. I'm just like, whatever I'm down for whatever. I'm just like here for the ride. Mm-hmm. But like, I want women to feel more empowered to take responsibility and take control of like what they allow and what they pursue even but I think I think one of one of the reasons that I was afraid to take responsibility and to take control is that then you have to take ownership of what's happening so if if things aren't going the way that you want them to then like when you're just going with the flow you can say oh it's not my fault not my fault. Right. And not, not that it's anyone's fault or that you should blame yourself, but you, you have to look at your role in the situation and just, you know, see if, if you want to make decisions differently, maybe you don't, maybe you're like, okay, like you said, with traveling, like I want to travel. This might be a consequence of me traveling. Is that something I'm okay with? Yeah. And you know, you make your decision. You just make your decisions differently, or you might make the same decision, but knowing what comes of it. Um, I'm gonna like write that down in my journal or something. Like, I really, I really, really like that. Um, so one of the things that you said earlier was, um, like not being prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm curious for you, what does being prepared mean? Mm-hmm. I, well, so when I, I think this was particular to that situation. Um, when I met him, your fiance, I, your ex, my fiance. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. When I met my fiance, um, I was probably not in a place to be entering a relationship. Mm-hmm. So when I'm, and <laughs> I, and then I talked myself into it. Like when I look back at it, I'm like, girl, what were you doing? So when I met him, I, the weekend I met him, I was supposed to be visiting the guy that I was in the situation with. Oh, wow. And I had I feel like that's to, God. <laughs> listen, I had gone to church the week before. I had gone to church the week before and my pastor spoke about breaking soul ties. Woo! No lie. No lie. And so I... That just blacked me out. I just threw my head back. Like <laughs> I text him immediately after church and I was like, I'm not coming. I'm going to, I'm going to stay in New York. Like I'm not coming down there. He, he was upset. I didn't care. I was like, cause God said to me, do not go down there. Yeah. And yeah. so I was in New York and I'm a homebody. Like I've said, like, I don't really go out, but I was like, it was my friend's birthday. She was like, please come. I went out and I met this guy. And I really thought it was just like going to be a fun like guy that I knew. Like I didn't think anything was going to come of it. Well, come to find out like whole time 
he knew one of my friends and the guy told him that I was going to be out that night. And so he came out specifically to meet me. Uh-oh. I had no idea. <laughs> so um, he was really pursuing me for a relationship. Oh, wow. And, and I mean, I didn't know that when I met him and I also was not in that place, but because he was so intent and he, I had never been with anybody who was intentional. Yeah. And to come out of the situation where this guy's just like stringing me along for at that point, it had been five years um, to meet somebody who was intentional about me. I was like, oh, I'm down for this. Like, this is great. Like, this is what I've been looking for my whole life. Right. And in in having been looking for it my whole life, I was not preparing myself, especially to be somebody's wife. Mm. I really just. I really just thought things happened. <laughs> so um, I, I would ask my mom like all these like questions, like how did you know and what and what did you do? And because I started to realize closer to once we got we were talking about marriage, I started to realize I don't know anything about being married. Yeah, I just know what I've seen and it looks good to me. But I don't know any of the ins and outs. I don't know, like, sometimes he gets on my nerves and I want to murder him. Like, what do you do? (laughs) Like, I didn't know any of that. Um, I didn't know, like, he wanted to, so he wanted this particular job and he might have had to move to, like, South Dakota to get it. And (laughs) I was like, so... I was talking to my mom. First of all, this is the first thing. I'm talking to my mom and not my future husband, um, and I'm like, so I could just stay in New York for the year that he goes to South Dakota until he comes back to New York. And she was like, well, that's going to be your husband. <laughs> so you would be going to South Dakota. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like why do I have to go to South Dakota? My job is in New York. Right. <laughs> <laughs> She was like, well, you'll be married. Like, you need to discuss with him if he's okay with having a commuter marriage. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah. Like, these are not, like, I was very selfish. And I saw things at, for myself. And I didn't I didn't even think of how that would feel for him to be in South Dakota, first of all. Why? And to be there by himself with, and his wife is in New York City. Like, I was just thinking, like, I'll be good in New York City. I'll come visit you in South Dakota every second Saturday. Right. And, and it'll be great. So I just never knew, like, the conversations that you have to have with your spouse. Like, you can't just be making decisions for yourself. You're making decisions for a unit. Um, and I think I understood that that came with children. <laughs> but I didn't realize that you know, you have to build that foundation with your spouse. Yeah. And I was not a child. Like I was, I mean, I was young. I was like 27, but like, I felt like these were things that I maybe should have known before I started talking to somebody about marrying them. I think I just had this romantic idea that you just end up with somebody and things just work out. And I just, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready. I, I think that's so common though. I don't I don't think that like I think 30-year-olds have that same, you know, 30 plus year olds like have that same mentality. And I don't it's funny cuz I'm like was it 
older generations like did they just know more and i don't i don't think that's it i think they fumbled through it i really do i agree i agree they fumbled through it but i think they also there was a lot of like you just stick it out yeah um and i don't know that that was great like it worked for my grandparents like they they met the right person but i think a lot of people in that generation met the wrong person and just stuck it out. Yeah, I completely agree. So, what I also, I'm like always saying millennials are the worst, but <laughs> I also think that we tend to live in a more selfish society now. Oh yeah. And so I think, I think we were kind of raised to think for ourselves and to think we are the prize and to prioritize ourselves. Mm-hmm. And like the idea of community wasn't quite as ingrained I I don't think in our generation so the idea of even having to consider other people is I think new for a lot of us Mm -hmm. definitely Uh, I think so and I also always thought that that was like an intuitive part of people like some people just are considerate Mm -hmm. and they think of other people but I mean it is a learned behavior as well. Like you can Absolutely. learn how to consider it of other people. Absolutely. So if you don't have it, you can get it. It's not like if you weren't born with it, you can never be considerate. Absolutely. Because my brother is the most considerate person I've ever met. Like, he's he single. Jane, sorry, just kidding. <laughs> he just got married. I'm sorry, girl. I'm sorry. Fine. <laughs> he is... Um, he really genuinely thinks about other people all the time. And I'm like, wow, where did you, where did you get that? Because it is a a behavior that I have to work at. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I'm the baby. So I grew up as a brat. Like, like, I don't know where, I don't know where you came from. (laughs) (laughs) Cause he's taught me a lot, but. So I'm curious. Um, would you do anything differently going into your relationship with your former fiance? Differently, yeah, definitely I would do something differently. Um I think so I I did try to break up with him um before we got engaged. Um and I I think I just felt like I was kind of in a current and things were moving without me. Mm. And um, I was saying the words and not really feeling the feelings. Like, so when we broke up, he was like, but you said, like, you constantly said you wanted to be married. Yeah. And I, I did not do. Um, so I, and I remember hearing those words coming out of my mouth and like wishing I could put them back in. Oh, wow. Because I knew what he was hearing when I would say that. And I just, I wish I had been more intentional like he was. Yeah. Um, I, I knew there was a point where I knew that we were not compatible. Mm. Um, and I tried to break up with him at that point. And he was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, no, you my woman and we going right. to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Like, okay. And really, I just was like, okay. Because he was <laughs> like, intentional. Just, he knew what he wanted. He was. He was. And it wasn't like a, um, 
Like I never felt trapped or anything like that. It, it really just felt romantic to me, honestly. Yeah, yeah, like when yeah. he would be like, no, I want to be with you. And I was like, I have been wanting to hear these words Child. for a long time. That's so and real. You, ooh, and you are saying them. And I'm okay, sure. Yes. Because especially because it was something that I wanted, then I felt crazy. I was like, this is exactly what you wanted. Like you have been longing for this. Like, why aren't you accepting of it? Um, and so I would just roll with it. Like if he would say, like, I tried to break up with him twice, actually. And he would be like, no, like, we're going to stick this out. We're going to work it out. And I was like, okay, sure. And I wish I just would have listened to myself at that moment because it, it would have also spared him. I know that that was like very painful for him. Yeah. Because I watched it like I could see it on his face. Yeah. Um, and I like I, I never wanted to do that to him. So I would that's what I would have done differently. I think I just would have stuck with it the first time or at least the second time. <laughs> Because, like, by the second time, like, you should know, like, you don't want to be with this person. So you should just stick with it. But then I was like, oh, if we get married, like, we're really going to stay together because we're married. He, he, he is like, he's like, no, we're we're going to figure this out. We're going to work through it. So. And so one of the things that you said that, um, like, struck a chord with me is, like, it sounds like the communication piece like there was a breakdown mm -hmm. and that's like I've been on like this soapbox recently where I feel like a lot of people don't know how to communicate effectively mm -hmm. when it comes to dating and relationships mm -hmm. and like understanding that communication isn't saying something once like because I, I remember I had a professor communications professor in grad school he's like a message sent is not a message received it's not necessarily a message received yeah. just because you said something doesn't mean someone understood what you intended to say and you <laughs> have to say the same thing over and over and over again in a variety of different ways so that people really understand what you talking about and it's so easy to be like well I told him that you know xyz or I said this so but like we weren't we clearly weren't on the same page when I said that or you said whatever and I feel oh, like communication is such such a big like our lack of effective communication is such a big problem definitely like I I mean I used to beat myself up for that because I was I, I would say to myself I told him, like, I told him, and I would, I used that to, like, kind of hang my hat on, like, mm -hmm. well, I, but at the same time, like, I knew what, I knew what my body language was telling him, I knew what my, my words, I was telling mm -hmm. him, I meant to hear, and also what I wanted to say at the same time, yep. like, in the same week, I would be like, I don't think we should be together, but I would marry you if you asked, like, <laughs> What kind of and what kind of mixed signals? Yeah, yeah. That, it's it's not even like I was sending him mixed signals. I was literally talking out of both sides of my mouth. Yeah, expecting him to hear what I wanted to tell him versus what he wanted to hear. So if you're telling somebody two things, right? And this was consistently done to me, so I should have known better. But if you're telling somebody two things. And one of the things is the thing they want to hear. 
they're not they don't care about the other one 15 times you told them that you didn't want to be with them all they hear is that one time that you said like yeah it could it could work yeah yeah like so I, I I beat myself up about that a lot because I knew I knew it when I was saying it like it was like word vomit like and I was try, I would always want to pull it back when I would say the thing I knew he wanted to hear yeah. but I did not want to hurt him yeah and it was like he would be begging me to say the thing yeah. that would hurt him yeah. and I couldn't not do it I know this is a double negative but no I that's... had to do it yeah that's and deep I... that's deep. So one other thing I wanted to ask you is you mentioned, so I think like the takeaway from the like 10 year situationship was um, like now that you are hyper focused on recognizing the difference between your intuition guiding you and the trauma of that relationship misleading you. And so I'm curious what that looks like for you now. Yes. So um, I'm not dating now. But I am reassessing relationships I've had in the past. Mm. Um, And I I noticed kind of a trend um, when I would start dating someone. um, If they messed up really in literally any way, it could be the smallest thing. I was like, I'm out. Immediately cutting them off. We're done here. Because... First of all, what I would tell myself is I don't need you treating me like trash because I already have this one over here that treats me like trash. And he's taking up all the chances for every girl. Yes. There are no more chances. So you (laughs) got to be perfect. You have to be perfect. And that's crazy. (laughs) Like that. That is not a mentality that's going to get me anywhere. Um, So just learning to recognize red flags when there are red flags, but like checking the flag for the color. (laughs) Like this might, this might just be like a checker flag. Like this, the last lap, this your man girl, but you're seeing a flag and you're just like, it's a flag. It's red. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like, and running away. Um, I did a, I did a lot of running away. Actually, I don't know how I ended up in the relationships that I ended up in because I was consistently running away from people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think actually I do know why that just all clicked because the guys that I did end up with were persistent. Mm-hmm. They, they meant it and I knew they meant it. Um, so those, those were the guys I ended up with. It was never a guy who like on the first try was like, I'm, if I said I'm out, he was like, cool. See you later. It was always the guy who was like, nah, like we could try, we can work this out. We can, we can figure it out. Um, so I think just being a little less afraid, um, Cause I, I'm, I mean, I still like, even when I talk about it, I get like antsy, um, just being less afraid and not, uh, always seeing the worst in the smallest things. Um, but knowing when things are genuine red flags and listening to my gut on those things. Yeah. Balance. Yes. It's funny. Cause I, that's the other, like 
soapbox I've been on lately is like, I, I can't speak about men so much because I don't have very many male friends, but Mm -hmm. a lot of the women I talk to or have talked to over the course of my life, like, I feel like women so often want to play the victim. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't even mean that in a judgmental way because I think we all do it. But it's so easy to be like, well, he didn't do this. He's not that. He's whatever. And I feel like there's an opportunity to take a step back. And like you said, look at what you are bringing to that dynamic. What mindset do you have? What preconceived notions? What toxic mentalities and Mm. like myths are you bringing into the situations that you involve yourself in? And like having a little bit more... I think grace and compassion for people's humanity and like, cause I think there's expectations, right. And the standards, right. Those are valid, but like they should like the ones that are un- unmovable should be based on your values, not on cause this nigga like looked funny or like cocked his head the wrong way. You know what I mean? Like whatever little petty stuff that was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, he not it, you know? <laughs> Um, not to say that like, cause like compatibility is a thing too, but I think like you said, it's so easy to be like, nope, next. Um, but I think that, I mean, I don't know if I was like that before, but I've been on the apps for a minute now. And I think that that has either cultivated something in our I agree. generation I agree. or has just brought out something that was already there and that we are so quick to be like, nope, next, yes. next, next. Yes. Um, so yeah, and I I was on that train. I was like, oh no, I don't like the way he ended his sentence with a mm-hmm. exclamation mark instead of a period. He keeps using too many exclamation I, marks. I don't like that. That's uh uh-uh. uh. Are you screaming at me? Like, right? Why are you so excited? Calm down. Like, right? <laughs> like the smaller thing. No, that's so real. And I think that's yeah. I have like such mixed feelings about like the dating apps because it's I I honestly think it's gotten worse over the past like few years um and I don't know if it's like people thinking that people are disposable more often or if there's just like people putting less effort or what it is but um I do think that's one of the reasons why we treat each other so poorly um is because we forget that these are humans and there's like another person a swipe away that I could meet Mm -hmm. um well that like first of all I really enjoyed that conversation like I really liked hearing your perspective that that was like I learned a lot (laughs) from from that conversation But I want to move into the next segment, and that is asking for a friend. So you're single. I think you're open to dating, right? I'm open to dating. Um, (laughs) Like, I have one. I have a guy friend. He, like, recently introduced me to somebody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... I was like, okay, we're going to see. Um, but then I'm afraid to, like, think anything of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm already in that stage. It's been, like, two minutes. And I'm already like, should I Should I, Should I? I be excited about this? Should I be thinking? I got past the stage where I was like, he's putting exclamation marks in his text messages. <laughs> like, we, I got past that. Okay. And now, and now, I'm, now I'm in that 
stage where I have to address my fear. Yeah. Oh my God. Your self-awareness is like blacking me out, Kara. Like trying. I'm trying. This is therapy. Yeah. I'm a huge proponent of therapy. Same. Um, so that's what that's what that is. Shout out to uh Talkspace. I don't have they're not sponsoring me, but but if they want to sponsor this podcast, (laughs) hit me up. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um so okay. Are you on the app? Because I know, like, you know, this is time of Rona. Um, and so I'm curious, like, how people are navigating. Like, are you talking to him, this guy? Like, are you on the app still? Or are you just, like, kind of chilling? Yeah, um, I we talk. Um, we had a Zoom date. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> cute. It was cute. <laughs> like, that's cute. I wouldn't do it because I'm weird but that's really adorable yeah i'm i'm straight i'm very awkward (laughs) that's coming across so i was very nervous about that because i was like we're just gonna be staring at each other i know um yeah (laughs) that was awkward but i mean nothing is like we're just talking to each other so i am still on the apps um i'll be swiping i don't the thing i have about the apps is like i need to get off like once I swipe and we talk a little bit, like I need to meet you. And yes. so this Corona situation is not yeah. very, yeah. Um, that doesn't work for that. <laughs> so I don't want to be like a pin pal on the apps. Um, so even though I've been swiping, I haven't really been connecting, which is like, are you really connecting with anybody on these apps anyway? No, um, nobody is. No. Um, no, that's how I feel about dating right now. Like, I was already considering taking a break from the apps, but, like, mm-hmm. Rona solidified that because I do not like to pen pal. Like, you really have to be a really great texter, and our chemistry has, like, whatever, yeah. homeboy. But, like, our chemistry has to be really popping for this to be worth it because I don't like to text much. I don't know you. I don't know the tone. Like, and granted, we could talk on the phone, but, like, oh, I don't know. Mean today, <laughs> this this little boy was in the car, and this horse was like full on in the car. <laughs> it was like people who call instead of texting, and this little boy was like up under the dashboard, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "That is so me." That's millennials. That is and millennials. Was like, why is somebody? Is something wrong? Has somebody passed away? Like, exactly. Why are you calling me? Like, it must be an emergency. No, no yeah and that's why like the idea of doing a facetime is like what i don't let my best friend facetime me so oh, i get really angry when she like, facetimes me like, it was like two days before he was like we should do it on this day and i was like okay but then i was nervous all day like, it's just like do what should i bring something to drink do i wear a hoodie do i wear a t-shirt right do i get cute am i doing the most if i like put some makeup on like right he comes in his basketball shorts because he's at home like I don't I don't know what to do with this it was a lot okay so having been single what are what have been like the pros and cons or like the benefits and the downsides of your experience being single um I have started to really like being single same um and I, I know that sounds like a positive, but I am concerned that I really like it. Same. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So that's kind of, that's kind of where I am right now. Um, the the benefits of it are obviously all my time is mine. Um, I pretty much do what I want and move how I want without having to consult anybody. Um, so yeah, I really like that. Um, the cons, obviously, it, it can get lonely. Um, uh, but you know, I don't know. Do you live alone? I don't. I live with my parents, which is another thing for dating. That's That's also very, that's a, you know, a situation to navigate. (laughs) It's a situation, but I got two more months and I'm enjoying, I mean, I'm enjoying them and enjoying living rent free. (laughs) Amen to that. Those are pros. These student loans ain't gonna pay themselves. (laughs) For the next six months they are though. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that's right. Okay, so moving into uh, segment three, the Do Better Corner. Mm-hmm. So I like to ask guests to share something petty or immature that they've done in their dating or relationship past. Um, that's something that was like, oh, I don't know what I was thinking, but yeah, that's what happened. So do you have something like that that you'd be willing to share? Chile. Um... I think it's something that was oh ha okay <laughs> so um last year uh I saw a picture of the guy that I was in the situationship with mm-hmm. um in his tagged photos on Instagram and I took a screenshot of it and I sent it to him and I was like oh she cute ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I do that? Like, it was a whole thing. It was a whole to do. And I should, that was another red flag. Like, he always made, and I'm like, bro, you out here? She tagged you in the picture. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why are you mad at me? Because I'm observant. Because <laughs> <But laughs> I pay attention to details. I pay attention to detail, but I did not have to send that picture to him. <laughs> I like it. I'm yeah, for it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to call attention to the issue. Um, but I probably could have gone about that in a more strategic way. And like, less- have you seen this account? It looks really interesting. <laughs> she did art and everything. She did. She was a little, she painted or whatever. <laughs> so I really should have just been like, oh, you like these paintings? <laughs> that would have been hilarious. I would have loved to see how he reacted. I was, I did a lot of petty things and that, that whole situation was petty. So it's I would so not do that again. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing that. I think, you know, we've all had our moments where we just like threw caution to the wind and was like, I'm going to blow up your shit real quick um, because that's what my emotions are telling me to do. Um, But this honestly has been a really amazing conversation. Thank you again so much for joining me, sharing your truth, for your transparency, honesty, all the gems. This has been really, really amazing. Thank you. No, I had a really great time. Awesome. (laughs) Well, I can't wait to talk to you again later. Um, And until then, I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Situationships Podcast. If you learned anything on this episode, please share the episode with a friend. Get Situationships podcast merch and early access to podcast episodes by becoming a Situationships podcast Patreon 
at patreon.com backslash situationships pod. You know that situationship you had that one time? The one your girlfriends remind you about when you start acting brand new? I want to hear about it. Hit me up at situationshipspodcast.com backslash my story or email me at situationshipspodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to connect with me and the Situationships Podcast listeners on social media. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Situationships Pod and on Twitter at Situations Pod. Talk to you soon. Bye, y'all.